comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Ichabod Crane. Welcome to the Ichapod Cranecast. This is the podcast that recaps each new week's episodes of the Fox television series Sleepy Hollow. I am Aaron, and with me we have Brandon and Maxwell. Hi! Hello! You guys doing well? Terrific. Yeah, good stuff all around. Did you have a happy Halloween and deals with my Elsa? I did, and I missed Sleepy Hollows on Monday nights. I did too. Yeah, I had a decent Halloween, but the lack of Sleepy Hollow really affected my entire being <laughs> well, good thing it came back this week but yeah i did i did, I did miss the show i missed kind of taking notes and being ready to talk on this podcast about it but here I, we mean, go. I, I mean i thought i was gonna like oh, i'll miss this but I, I really did miss the show while it was gone so left I, must, a, I must really like it it left a left, left a bit of a hole but it's back and in fine form i'd say i think this is a really solid episode but we'll get to that let's uh Let's uh, talk about it. Tonight's episode was The Sin Eater. Maxwell, what was this episode about? When Ichabod Crane goes missing, his wife, Katrina, appears to Lieutenant Abby Mills in a vision, warning her that the Headless Horseman will return to Sleepy Hollow by nightfall. A frantic Abby seeks help from the mysterious Henry Parrish, who holds vital clues about how Crane can vanquish his dangerous blood tie to Headless. Meanwhile... An encounter from Crane's past weighs heavily on him, and details about his first encounter with Katrina are revealed. Awesome, yeah. We will be recapping that episode in a bit. Let's get to a few show notes first. We, um, guys, we, we had a contest. I, I gotta say, we had, we had a contest that we were excited to lay out there. It was a chance. Because Sleepy Hollow went on hiatus, we figured everyone had ample time to do, you know, fans of, fans of this show and Sleepy Hollow had time to, you know, maybe perhaps take an image from the show or a poster and like modify it with a kind of spooky theme of some kind and we thought that'd be like a cool thing to do and see like different submissions but we, we didn't get any any entries which is unfortunate so um i guess we can leave the contest open for a, a few weeks longer but still i mean we 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 certainly like you know hearing feedback we have an email that i'll get to but i mean it'd be, it'd be we thought it'd be a cool thing and you were the the idea is that the winner that we you know felt was like the, the most fun one it didn't have to be like great or like really artistically wonderful it just had to be something like that got a reaction out of us the winner would get a sleepy hollow on blu-ray or dvd sent to them and you know so we're gonna we're gonna leave that open for now but uh yeah so that contest is still going uh, and you can email those entries to us at ichapodcranecast at gmail.com or at twitter at at ichapodcrane or post it on our facebook page facebook.com slash ichapodcrane look at it like this with the odds the way they are now, you could you could take a, a picture you saw from the Facebook page of Sleepy Hollow, draw a open it up in paint, draw a line on it, and submit it, and you, your chances of winning are pretty good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, the contest is still out there, and you know just interacting with us on the various pages we have, and you know, sending us emails is uh, completely fun as well. We like interacting with the listeners of the show, which includes this one we're going to do now. We have an email. This one's from William. Um, email. Thank you. Uh, this one is it's titled Similarities to Supernatural. 
he basically points out kind of a list of things. He's, he's, he says here, I've noticed many elements in Sleepy Hollow that have occurred in Supernatural at one point or another. Here are some of the similarities. A potential epidemic connected to Pestilence and Roanoke. I was expecting them to mention Croatoan at some point in John Doe, and this crazy similarity is the main reason I'm sending this email. Uh, many encounters with the Four Horsemen, death being the most powerful, entering and exiting Purgatory, and we'll see if we'll ven- we venture into Hell. I'm assuming the big bad demon Moloch is close to the devil. Fighting demons and the devil is the primary focus of Supernatural. And the one plot to stop the apocalypse, calling it two, wit- calling it two witnesses, doesn't make any less rehashed. I'm sure there will be more, and I'm sure I missed some, but I found it amusing and wanted to give you guys a heads up. All right, so thank you, William. Um, I don't watch Supernatural. Do you, any of you guys watch Supernatural? I've seen every episode nope. of Supernatural. Okay, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, I am... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Supernatural. I've been watching it since the pilot aired. And, I mean, I definitely see some similarities, but I also feel like when you're dealing with the Supernatural, you know, uh, the lore and mythologies that exist are going to have the tendency to overlap. Um, Especially because both shows are kind of drawing from, like, pre-existing urban legends and mythology. So it's a fair uh, comment, but I don't know if it's, like, copying or necessarily intentional you get a show like Subi hollow because of popularity of shows like supernatural and other shows of that kind of nature even the other kind of shows from that that uh kurtzman orsi and even jj abrams has been producing for like yeah, the past like 10, 10 years yeah fringe um that failed alcatraz show which i actually liked i watched that whole season of that and uh well and if you're following like lore classic lore and stuff closely you're gonna cross over if you're trying to be accurate oh for sure yeah I mean, you have to remember too. Supernatural's done like 180 episodes. Jeez, I've, so that, I've, that's I've never I've never watched the show. I have no idea what goes on in the show. <laughs> so I mean, they 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 really like ran the gamut of of all things horror. Um, so you know, it's gotta be expected that you gotta dip into the wells they have already, or else you're, there's nothing left. <laughs> They're in season nine now, so it's crazy. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks again, William, for that email. And you, again, you can email us at ichapodcranecast at gmail dot com. I know um, we had a we had an email from a couple weeks back that um, from James, I believe, who asked about a voicemail. And um, I know that the other shows on the HHWLED network they use a voicemail, and I'm not sure if we can tap into that as well. But I'll, I'll figure that out and let you guys know because we'd love to hear voicemails about the uh, about thoughts on Sleepy Hollow as well. So I'll see I'll see if I can work that out. But uh, for now, let's get to the episode. Let's get to the Sin Eater and uh, talk about what happened on this week's episode. So here we go. Okay. The, um, this episode begins with a very long intro, um, kind of because obviously we've come back from like a two-week hiatus. And so it has a, a real – like it already was setting up the show as it was each week. But now it's, I like, gave like an especially long one. And then we get obviously to what you'd expect, Ichabod Crane and Abby at um, a baseball game. And um, – <laughs> Ichabod, you know, he's watching watching Abby yell at the umpire, and he's, of course, frightened and confused by this. And so Abby explains to him about the three, wo- the three rules she sees in baseball. Um, she, ex- she explains uh, tradition, teamwork, and she kind of trails off on the last one, but says basically anyone can play. Did you guys pick up on these, these three rules that she... Because it, it represented America, because you don't have to be tall to do it. You can be any race. I don't remember what. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> this pivotal baseball scene. Well, I, I don't. I don't remember the specifics, but I do remember thinking, what a uniquely eloquent way to use baseball as a metaphor for the beauty of America. Well done, Abby Mills. 
So there you go. Uh, Ichabod concludes the scene by, of course, heckling the umpire. Something I noticed, uh, it was a very kind of, the photography was very warm in this whole baseball yes. scene. Like, it's usually yes. very, you know, it's so shrouded in fog and everything, right? It didn't feel like the same show. I felt like we had a very a warm scene to, like, jump in on, which was interesting. But like of course, an SNL sketch version of Sleepy Hollow. But, of course, that was immediately followed by Ichabod heading to the li- to the graveyard, <laughs> where the, the fog immediately settled back in. And as he's inspecting, like, Katrina's grave, uh, he gets hit by a tranquilizer dart and gets knocked out. Meanwhile, Abby, it's, like, dead at night now. Abby's driving along in her automobile, and she has a sudden hallucination while driving on the road, which is, of course, very safe, which led to her to a very creepy house. She's walking around. There's babies crying. She sees weird dolls. She, the, the horseman suddenly appears and starts chasing her. She runs away. She sees what I believe was an eagle in this room, um, America. And um, then she hears a chant. I thought it was like a crow. I thought it was an Yeah. Was it? I, I really thought, because I, I thought it, I would have, it didn't It didn't look like a standard, like, black bird in room. It actually looked like an eagle to me. I don't, I don't, hmm. I don't know. Yeah. There was a bird. It, it, it made a cry. Um, then we saw, some, we saw some random chanting from witches or whatever. Um, and then Katrina appeared. And she explained that she needs to locate the Sin Eater before sundown, which I assume means you have 24 hours to find this thing, but, you know, in olden time terms. And um, uh, Abby is, of course, confused by this statement, but immediately wakes up from this hallucination while still driving and manages to not crash her car. Cut to credit. Very shortened credit because it was a very long cold open this week. <laughs> Even longer than normal. So. Probably, probably to you know, keep people from changing the channel at that first commercial break. You keep it late enough, it's hard to go jump into another show on TV. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so um, what happens next? We come back from commercial. Abby goes to Captain Irv and um, t- explains to him that the, the Ichabod has disappeared. And and the horseman is returning, and basically she lays out that she needs to find someone known as the Sin Eater. And Captain Irv is, of course, skeptical. Um, he readily identifies the fact that he wants to remain skeptical, just because he doesn't want to believe the crazy things that Abby is saying to him. But he grants Abby her request to get Jenny from the the institution and get her on a kind of a 24-hour furlough. We cut over to there. Jenny's there. She agrees because why she agree? Because why not? Because she needs to. Because she. Uh, oh, um, I, I think Abby just kind of imparted how deeply she feels for Ichabod. There we go. And um, she explained how. Well, later on, we get to a more deeper reason why. But oh, she, is that okay? Yeah, sorry. yeah. We'll get we'll get there for the time being. But yeah, um, uh, Jenny agrees to join. Uh, then we cut over to Ichabod. He awakens to an evil James Frain. Um, I know him from True Blood. Do you guys know him from anything else in particular? The the villain of Reindeer Games. Oh yes, of course. Yes, and, uh, and also Audrey Rain's husband from Twenty Four. Yeah, yes. I was gonna say I remember him from Twenty Four, and he's actually been uh, on Grimm recently. In fact, as recent as uh, this season. And right. he's he's yet to do it, but needs to play Kyle Gallner's father in something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's he funny. was also on that. Uh, short-lived uh, show The Cape. Yes. Yeah. He, he pops up all over TV. Yeah. Normally in a Supernatural-themed series. He has a sort of look about him that makes him yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, he was also on The Tudors. 
He's a good guest guest actor. He's a good guest character actor, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. If, if if you watch TV, he's bound to pop up in something you're watching. At some and point. he's probably not going to be very nice. No. There's something nefarious afoot when James Frain is on your show. Well, James Frain does appear on Sleepy Hollow, and Ichabod awakens to find him in some kind of mystery location. Um, Ichabod immediately recognizes that he must be a member of the the of the Rutledge. Descendant, uh, descendant of the, the Rutledges. Edward Rutledge was the, the youngest signer of the Declaration of Independence, who James Frain's character represents. Uh, James Rutledge is his name. And um, this leads to Ichabod going all Sherlock on him and identifying everything about him and the room that gives him a kind of identification of, of, of where Ichabod is and what this is all about. He, he realizes that these are free... At, Ichabod identifies that the, everyone's a mason here, like just like Ichabod is, and Rutledge wants to, wants to uh, alert Ichabod to... The, 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 something about a phrase, right? There's a... Um, Order from well, chaos. Well, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, basically what happens is that Rutledge wants confirmation that Ichabod is who he says he is. There we go. Thank and you. And so in order for that, he asks him, uh, what is the that phrase, which is order ap or as Brendan said, order from chaos. And then, of course, it's time for a flashback. Yes, we <laughs> true to form. Not only do we get a dream sequence in the in the um, cold open or some kind of you know weird dream like sequence, we also get another flashback. And this time, it takes us to before Ichabod became Freebase, before he became you know on the on the side of George Washington and his Bible, and when he was still with the with England. And um, we uh, learn about this man who's a, a free black man who's being, uh, who, uh, what was he doing? Well, why was he taken in to begin with? He was suspected for having written a, a piece of re- rebellious propaganda under the uh, pseudonym Cicero. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And he's, yeah. And oh uh, yeah, this man's name is Arthur Bernard. And Ichabod is brought in essentially to, uh, to torture <laughs> this man and get the information about Cicero out of him. What is the, what is the name of the, the person that puts Ichabod in charge of this? I didn't catch it. Mm, right. I don't have that I don't either. That, I don't seem to have that name anywhere. And I always think that like we didn't get that name or whatnot. I, I, we might not have. I just thought of him as, as guy in charge. Yeah, but um, I do know that actor, and the actor is Craig, Craig Parker, who was one of the villains on the, the Star series of Spartacus, a show that I was a big fan of. So that's just how I saw him. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's, it's um, Glabber. So yeah, Ichabod's put in charge of this kind of torture scenario. Uh, Katrina enters into this scene, which is the first time that Ichabod ever meets uh, Katrina. Uh, he, le- he learns of her. She's a Quaker nurse. She wants to kind of treat his wounds because he's already, the Bernard, Arthur Bernard's already been beaten up a bit as it is. Uh, and as she's interacting with Ichabod, she realizes that Ichabod has a conscience about all this. She, he's, not, he's, he's, not, he's not really keen on, you know, making this man suffer torture in order to get information, but that is what he's about to do. We get back to, we cut back over, <laughs> we cut away from the flashback. Basically, this episode revolves around cutting in and out of flashbacks to other things. Um, we move on to uh, Jenny and Abby uh, figuring out what's going on with the Sin Eater, what it means, how to figure out where this person is. Jenny explains what a, what a Sin Eater is. It's someone that reaches inside your soul and swallows your sins, and she had been previously following a man, a man who was meeting with death row inmates whose last words were, I am sanctified, but she never actually found him. And this, yeah, there's more set up on that. Then we cut back over to the flashback. Uh, Arthur, uh, Arthur Bernard tells Ichabod that there are a lot of demons among them. There's been about three days of interrogation, and Ichabod was still <laughs> in the process of figuring things out here. He was He's called away to stand guard an execution of three other men. And Katrina is in the audience here. Crane appeals to his superior that the hangings are not, go, are not a good way for, to win loyalty. 
then he looks back at the God, he doesn't have a name does he i don't think he does i think like he specifically doesn't have a name but crane looks at the at the the one who you know puts him in charge of the, the torture and sees a demon's face which is like oh that's weird and uh yeah that brings us to the end of this break a lot of <laughs> a lot of story is being is being developed in this episode for sure right yeah any thoughts on the whole um ichabod as the torturer um i, I want to go back in uh all the way to the before the commercial break when we came back from one with uh, uh irving oh, okay. i i really loved his dialogue and how, how uh, orlando jones played it there it was quite quirky and fun and i, I like this take on the character where he he's like going along with things he doesn't kind of want to but he kind of has to and i thought it was it was the the i mean this is was this is only seen in the episode yes it is yeah i want more of him like this i, I really enjoyed his banter with abby and his take on things you asked about i mean are you finished on that topic brandon yeah you can yeah. Move on. um okay <laughs> So you asked about the torturing, and I thought it was interesting. I, I noted that um, Arthur said to Kat when she comes in, it's fine, I'm in good hands. Um, and then Kat kept talking about and using the, the word that stuck out to me, conscience. And what I thought was interesting is that these people were perceptive enough to realize that even though Ichabod had been tasked to do the interrogation, that they could see something within him that was more kind or thoughtful or inquisitive. Um, and he, he could tell that he wasn't crazy about what he had to do. So while it was perhaps uncomfortable to see the hero of your show uh, having to torture someone, which you know isn't new to television, but was a new place for Ichabod to be in, um, I, I liked the way that there was that hesitation there across the board. All right, so um, after, the, after that break, I'll come back. Ichabod goes to talk to Katrina after the hanging, saying he's... Feels like he's known her for a long time. He mentions the demon, which Katrina tells him they, they were right. You're the one. You you possess a gift, the power to bear witness, she tells him. And she urges him not to stand idly by in the face of evil. Meanwhile, back in Sleepy Hollow, back in, you know, the present, Abby explains what she... This is where she gets into why she has she feels a connection with Ichabod. Um, and she explains how how she, ha, she had a, a share of Clancy Brown and she had her sister and she had... She had these people that you know gave her a person that she could you know be, have have um have purpose, and Ichabod gave her that as well, and so she really feels like she needs to find him before it's too late or whatever. And uh, so Jenny Jenny suggests that Katrina could have been uh, more specific since her husband since her husband quotes is about to be a dead man. But um, then Abby realizes the name they were looking for in the prison prison visitor logs is of a dead man, their mystery man that they've been they've been kind of been looking through different uh, files here they have a mystery man that takes on the name of dead death row inmates he finds the last one he used is he and he's in hartford connecticut uh, so they go uh, to, to his house they knock on the man's door it's uh, and it's john noble <laughs> <laughs> the best the greatest casting that ever was or ever will be yes john, uh, the the man henry Parrish is played by john noble <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you frightened me a bit. <laughs> John Noble frightens me, and I'm frightened by how much I like John Noble. So frightening, I, I had to. Uh, they believe he is the Sin Eater. Uh, she says she tells him that her friend is missing and that she needs his help, but he says he doesn't do that anymore. He explains how much seeing people's true souls has worn him down. But Abby explains the blood tie linking Ichabod's spirit to the horseman. Uh, Ichabod's Spirit to the Horseman from Revelations. Uh, that, that leads to like one of the scenes where like 
which has become like a cliche that I see all the time where if like one person starts saying something from the Bible, another character is bound to say also something from the Bible and like name the exact passage where that came from. That always humors me. But anyway, uh, Parrish is still kind of hesitant to reveal certain information, but they kind of bump into each other anyway. And he he does he is able to identify where Ichabod is to an extent. He, he identifies that Ichabod somewhere underground, but behind a door with a Freemason symbol on it. And that's all he can tell her, and that leads to another break. Okay, okay so um, we have we have John Noble here. What do you think, Maxwell? He look. Oh, Maxwell. What, what do I think about John? I mean, I think I made my my opinion about John Noble clear. I mean, it's just like really shrewd casting uh, for this role, because um, there's something about John Noble and everything he does that's ominous, and he also always feels like the smartest guy in the room. And I really like this scene and 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 the the mystery behind him. Um, and I think the concept of a sin eater, while not necessarily is original for, is is fun to play in this series. Brandon, what were you gonna say? I thought like when when we were first introduced to him, and he was just talking behind the chain door. Like, did he, did he look? I thought he looked really creepy, and I thought he was gonna look sort of supernatural like from there. But he ended up just looking like John Noble with a bit of a haircut since the last time I saw him on Fringe. But did anybody else think he was? I, I had that actually. I, I had that same response. Yes, I did actually think that there is. He wasn't just going to look like John Noble, but then he tended up looking like John Noble. <laughs> I, I think the thing is that his posture was kind of leaning over, and his um, his face is particularly wrinkly, just in in general. So I think the way the shadow was hitting his wrinkles made it look like, uh, like kind of illuminated a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think one line that really stuck out with me that he said is um, when he was talking about the sin eating was um, if I didn't stop, I would have disappeared completely, um, which is a concept I find very interesting. There are a lot of interesting things I find in the kind of the John Noble character here. I, I am intrigued by him and looking forward to seeing more of him in, in the future. Yeah, I hope he, he had, I assume he's going to return. I believe he has like signed up for season two. I'm pretty sure. Oh, excellent. I think I um, one other thing I wanted to talk about, um, not involving John Noble, if you can believe it, is when Abby was sort of talking about in more depth what Ichabod represents to her, I thought it made for an interesting parallel to the scene where Katrina and Ichabod are talking in a flashback and they're like, you know, even though we just met, it feels like we've known each other our whole lives and, and it made me uh wonder about the future of abby and ichabod's relationship and if there was potential romance afoot yeah it's certainly a possibility and i, I am because it seems so you know we've only had so many episodes and yet abby feel we're, we're being told that abby feels like such a good connection with ichabod so yeah and we already know that abby is certainly tied into all this in some ways or at least or at least has similar abilities as Ichabod, where she can kind of she, she kind of sees behind the veil of things that are going on in Sleepy Hollow. So I mean, it yeah, it, it's a, a lot it's of things. Also, make... It's also a television drama with a male and female lead, and there you go, top show, and they're gonna fans oh. are gonna demand it. A lot of things are being yeah. set up here. That's a good point. <laughs> so moving on, um, Jenny and Abby head underground. They just head anywhere, apparently. I, I, it seems like they just got to, oh, yeah, we found the tunnels that we need to go to. <laughs> um, and, and then meanwhile, uh, back in the past, uh, Crane returns to Alfred Bernard's house. His captain tells him to take Bernard into the forest and kill him. And uh, out in the woods, 
Bernard tells Ichabod that he's valuable to the case and if Ichabod kills him, his sin, he'll carry his sin inside his heart forever. At this point, we learn that Bernard is not necessarily Cicero, but Cicero is kind of just a, it's a broad concept that anyone that's on, you know, the side of what good kind of represents. Is that fair to say? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, all right, so Ichabod, um, he fires his gun, but misses intentionally. And Bernard tells Ichabod to find Katrina, who will lead him to General Washington. He tells he tells Ichabod to tell her order from chaos, and that's how she'll know which side he's on. And then while Bernard is walking away, he is shot and fight. He, he, he is shot. <laughs> he gets killed by the by the captain. Uh, then the captain charges Ichabod, calling him a traitor. Ichabod draws his sword. They're about to fight, but then the captain turns into a demon. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, they start. Get into a fight, and well, it's less of a fight, and more of the demon starts smacking around Ichabod. Um, then two other soldiers ride up, and the demon kind of runs off. Ichabod is wounded in all in this process, and he makes his way to Katrina, where she, you know, heals him, and I assume they become something of an item at that point. Moving on, let's see. Back with Rutledge, Ichabod explains his sin was not acting sooner to save Bernard. This is. This is enough for Rutledge to be convinced of his identity. The book that, with the account of the story that Rutledge has, the, he has like a kind of ich, the, ich, the account of Ichabod Crane that he reveals it was it was written by written by Katrina. Uh, she she was uh, an ally with the Masons until she saved Ichabod and, and moved him to the location where he was at the beginning of the series. <clears throat> but she wouldn't tell the Masons where he was. Uh, she knew that because of the t- the ties that Ichabod and the Horsemen share, that the Masons would have to basically kill Ichabod in order to stop the horseman, uh, but Katrina didn't want to have any of that. So now that they've actually found Ichabod, the idea Ichabod, the idea is that Ichabod will kill himself, and it will be the way to kind of end the horseman's reign. And so they present Ichabod with a box that contains a, I guess, a poison that will... Uh, is that what it was, you think? Like a poison? Yeah, I think it was poison. Some kind of a poison. Yeah. And that would ultimately get... Make, it would be like the ultimate sacrifice for Ichabod to make, and it would, also, it would of course, stop the horseman in this. Any thoughts on this predicament that we've set up i mean i uh i mean the kind of running theme throughout the episode is like emphasized by this this scene between the two of them yeah, well yeah. yeah i'll move on to the next thing where we can get more into it before before we get yeah i, I think yeah these the two sections kind of go together really yeah. oh i thought really that well. happened oh yeah I'll, I'll explain it right now okay so we, after that break abby finds ichabod she well she gets into a standoff with uh, two other men with guns her and jenny and she explains that she's a police officer, so of course she must be taken inside or she'll come back with a cavalry. So she's immediately taken in peacefully where she sees Crane. Uh, Ichabod tells her that, she, that, that he has to die to stop the horseman, but she tells him about Katrina's message about the Sin Eater and that she wants to bring Ichabod to him. Uh, but Ichabod does not think there's any time. He thinks the only, the only way to do it is, is to uh, actually take the poison. Uh, he's grateful to have met. He explains that he's grateful to have met Abby. He basically says his goodbyes. He takes her hand and prepares to take the drink, um, wh- whatever that is, and he drinks it. And that, then we get to a a commercial there. Okay, so now go on. Okay, Brandon, thoughts? It was, uh, well, it was cool. Like Ichabod was kind of interesting. He introduced uh, the Masons as his brothers to Abby, and then he he calls her Abby. And I really, I the performances were terrific here and i really like the exchange of uh, how can you be so calm about this and and he says i'm terrified and just really i mean well done i i was kind of a little bit moved by the show it, it was moment. it reminded me of the uh, the speech roy batty gives in blade runner that roy um, that um 
Rucker Howard gives at the end of Blade Runner when Ichabod's kind of saying, kind of, kind of, he's kind of poetically explaining his goodbyes and his life and things, and that gave me that kind of reminder there. Meanwhile, I the get tears my tears in the rain speech. The tears in the rain speech, exactly. And meanwhile, I get my T two reference of the week because Abby's essentially acting like John Connor, saying, "I order you, let I order you not to go." He's saying, okay, but there's, more, there's other ways we can do this. And uh, But yeah, I agree. I think it was a... For a show that's only gone on six episodes... And six me- episodes, it's a goofy, uh, supernatural show, and, and right here they can just nail this. Just, and, and knowing that there's no way that Ichabod Crane's going to die in the in, in this yes. episode, it, it still worked. I still thought it was like, all right, well, how are we going to get out of this one? I mean, I think this was kind of the culmination of all everything they've been working towards in terms of that relationship thus far. You know, even in the beginning of the episode, you, you used the word warm uh, earlier, Aaron, to describe, you know, more of the form of the scene. But in terms of the content, they've always inserted these really lovely sort of bantery scenes developing their relationship. And then in this episode, they make it clear what they mean to each other. And then, you know, like you said, it's only six episodes in, but you have this scene where they're, you know, discussing one of the characters' mortality and how that will affect both of them. And it was emotional. Right, so we come back. And John Noble has arrived. He, he, he... And where did he... I mean, that confused me a little bit. It's like he just appeared. Where did he come from? I, I assume at that point his, uh, his, sin eater, his sin eater sense was tingling, and he just had a, a natural draw to where the location was they needed to go. He stabs Ichabod's hand. He tastes his blood to make sure it's Ichabod, because that's the way you do it. Um, he says the horseman is in Ichabod's memories. As He says, as long as you carry your sin in your heart, it, will, it allows the horseman to be tied to you. Um, he, compa- he commands Ichabod to think about Arthur Bernard and summon him. When Ichabod opens his eyes, he sees Bernard sitting across the table from him. Ichabod feels remorse that he c- couldn't save him, but Bernard asks if Ichabod would have found his true path if he hadn't died. Bernard's death saved Ichabod's soul. Only Ichabod chose to see it as a sin, so Bernard tells him to forgive himself and his blood tie to the horseman will be broken. So he tells him that he will have to help in his quest to think van- he tells Ichabod he will have to help in his quest to vanquish the horseman he gives him words to repeat to banish the horseman from his blood that's actually a pretty for for a pretty low key, well i mean there's all the flashback stuff and there's the demon thing but for an episode that doesn't have like a a big bad per se i did like the kind of banishing the blood element from his body i thought that was pretty cool yeah it was awesome and um so yeah in front of him the blood on the table moves and parish mops up a dab of it with bread and eats it because that's, that's how the soul leader rolls. Uh, the room quakes, and Ichabod can feel that the tie is broken. A- Abby tells him not to pull a stunt like that again. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, night has fallen. Parrish can feel that the horseman is coming, and Ichabod says, we'll be ready. And we leave the episode with the horseman in the forest coming to where the, the, the kind of the dirt tomb where Ichabod was buried, going in there and kind of feeling the dirt and, I guess, realizing again that Ichabod is <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, he, he already knows that Ichabod... Yeah, I mean, they got into a gunfight in the first episode, but I guess he's... Very... Well, he, he may think that... Well, the horseman has retreated to a certain spot in the woods. Yeah. So Ichabod being from the same time frame as him, he may think retires to a certain point in the woods, which he found his where he came from, but Ichabod's not staying there. So maybe it's that instead of this repetitive. I'm... On the on the other hand, it makes me question the consciousness and memory of the horseman. If you don't have a head, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, serious. Um, what do you retain? What memories do you have? Are you just sort of like um, a soldier 
and you just go and attack? Or do you, you know, pick up these things? So maybe he just genuinely didn't know or remember. I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, it, it threw me off a little. I, I thought it was just like, a, hey, here's a cool shot of the horseman doing stuff. But, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see in coming weeks, I guess, if the horseman has, in fact, returned. Um, especially given what I saw in the preview for next week. It seems like the horseman's going to be involved quite a bit. Um, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's this week's episode. What do we, what do we think of, uh, of the Sin Eater? Start with, uh, Brandon, what'd you think of this episode? I'm going to have to give it a lot of credit where I normally maybe wouldn't because this, I mean, is a cleverly disguised and well-dressed bridge slash filler type episode, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that by watching it. But if you look at all the stuff in the present, that happens here it's it's abby and her sister sitting around in the the, the library research room for a lot of the, the episode and then you know just wandering around they do have the scenes where introduce the sin eater but and then ichabod just sitting at a table across from another guy going over things of the past i mean not a lot of stuff happens in but they've written the dialogue and given us enough action in the flashbacks and it's so well performed that it just worked and it just it didn't feel like we were running in place or holding back when essentially we kind of were if you put it in the simplest forms but i did like the episode yes maxwell um this is actually by far actually my favorite episode they've done so far um and while brandon's points are valid um not happens in terms of the narrative i also give the show a ton of credit for the sixth episode of a silly supernatural genre show, basically doing an episode that's all about character work. You have Abby and you have Ichabod, and this episode goes to really thoughtful and, and emotional lengths to develop their relationship together and also you know, sort of frame uh, who they are as people, what experiences they've been through, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought it was really uh, satisfying on that level, plus... It introduced John Noble, who's excellent, and certainly set the stage for the you know latter half of this season. Totally agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I do think this is actually maybe the best episode of the season so far. I mean, as much as the pilot's fun for its you know ridiculousness involving the secrets in Washington's Bible and it, the headless horseman fighting with an assault rifle, I mean, this episode does a really good job with the characters in the span in the span of a show that has a you know a fairly goofy premise and you know goofy kind of plot structure I, I really enjoyed what this episode had to offer i also like that it it was it was very much you know a um a series arc episode as opposed to a monster of the week um you while dealing with other character stuff you thought you put a lot of momentum on the plot and yeah it does serve as kind of you know filler and a lot of exposition for weeks to come but it just it worked everything clicked together in the right way so i think we're all saying the same things here yeah regarding the episode just in different ways so, um, any uh, any crazy crazy hokum theor- theories for uh, for the series at this point? I didn't come to the podcast with one, but I got one while we were discussing. Yeah. Um, prediction that once something quote unquote happens between Abby and Ichabod, like they 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 share a kiss or feelings for each other, or that, or in this case that Abby decides she's going to tell Ichabod she has romantic feelings for it. For him, if they go down this path, which they seem to be slowly hinting at, the moment that happens, Katrina will be released from the uh, purgatory and in the present day temporarily, and it'll cause a nice rift. 
Seems seems feasible. Oh, dead silence. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, I had nothing to say to that. Any other thoughts, Maxwell? Um, I I guess it's, I don't know if it's a theory, but the biggest thought I'm left with is what effect on the Sin Eater will eating Ichabod Sins have? Hmm. Because I I have to imagine that yes, he's gone around and eaten the sins of people on death row, but Ichabod is likely his most unique and perhaps even important uh and noble eat <laughs> if you will <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he even said like i feel like this is what i was put here for um so i'm wondering i'm really interested to see how that plays out cool all right um well let's uh what's going on with next week's episode brand you want to lay out that one well guys it's a uh it's november so that means uh sweeps right yep. john cho is back oh Abby and Ichabod must find hidden clues to thwart the evil Sleepy Hollow and the evil in Sleepy Hollow, and Abby gets an unexpected visit from the enigmatic Andy Brooks, as played by John Cho. Okay, well now I'm excited. Like I was already excited, but now I'm really excited. John Cho next week in what Clancy Brown probably later in the month. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> he's just like he's like a force ghost in the show. Yeah, he, he's pictures in the background. All right, well, any other thoughts on uh, Sleepy Hollow before we wrap up here? I think we said all we had to say, actually, this week for this week's episode, right? I feel satisfied. Yes, I'm glad it's back, and we're going to be on another run of new episodes week to week. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the Ichapod Cranecast. If you have any things you want to share with us, feel free to let us know on our email, ichapodcranecast at gmail.com, or at Twitter, twitter.com slash ichapodcrane, or facebook.com slash ichapodcrane. Um, we're happy to, you know, we love interacting with the listeners of the show and we love to read more emails or other messages we receive on the show. So there you go. Let's go over where we can find each other. You can uh, find more of my work at, um, at uh, hhwlod.com. I have the, the the other podcast that I host, the Out Now with Aaron and Abe, the weekly film podcast, as well as uh, I am a regular on the Walking Dead TV podcast as well. And you can find my uh, movie reviews at thecodeiszeke.com and follow me at twitter.com slash ps 3 uh, Maxwell? Um, just a final friendly reminder that well, we're going to keep the contest open. Oh, for uh, sure, yeah. Uh, another week or two. Uh, please send in your entries. Um, I mean, anything will do. Just be you know, creative and have a little fun with it. Um, that being said, uh, please follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell. And you can also visit my site with my uh, various writings, uh, cinemaxwell.com. And Brandon? Uh, you can... My Twitter is twitter.com slash btpeters. And you can find my work at whysoblue.com. Uh, check it out if you're a Blu-ray fan. I put my Blu-ray wish list for 2014 up today, and it's been quite fun. So tell me what you'd like to see. And then my own uh, film blog at Naptown Nerd, naptownnerd.blogspot.com. It's going to be a lazy month on there, but I will be going over the Matrix series in celebration of uh, it ending 10 years ago. Oh, all right. All right, so, yeah, thanks, guys, for joining me today to discuss the, the return of Sleepy Hollow. It's been fantastic. And um, until next week, heads will roll! Just as every cop is a criminal And all the sinner saints As heads is tails just call me Lucifer, cause I'm in need of some restraint. So if you meet me, have some courtesy, have some sympathy, and some time.
taste. Use all your well-learned politics. 